chapter ten of the subjection of isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the subjection of isabel carnaby by ellen thorny croft fowler chapter ten gabriel the pastor on the following day as soon as lunch was over and the company had variously distributed themselves as they thought fit isabel seaton and gabriel carr went for a walk together they were great friends and had been so ever since they first met not long after isabel's marriage and each enjoyed a talk with the other after the fashion of iron sharpening iron they passed out of the garden and into the park and then began the ascent of a grassy hill which culminated in the finest view in the country and as they went they talked by the way it was a glorious afternoon one of those perfect days of early summer when the world is ablaze with colour every tree of the field had a particular green of its own unlike the green of any of its fellows and the banks were carpeted with flowers has it ever struck you asked gabriel that summer is the carnival of colour as winter is the carnival of form if you love colour you will prefer the summer woods but if form appeals to you you will revel in the leafless trees to tell the truth it never did but now you mention it i feel as if the idea were my own and this further explains why i like summer so much better than winter for the same reason that i spend hours among the pictures in the academy and only minutes among the sculpture i love colour and don't care for form everything has a colour to me even sounds gabriel's face was filled with interest he loved new ideas and failing them he liked to find new garments for old ones as he had learnt the cramping effects of stereotyped forms how do you mean it is rather difficult to explain but i seem unconsciously to translate sound into colour before i can understand it for instance to me all the vowel sounds are represented by different colours how very interesting what colour is a a is green and e is blue and i is white and o is orange and u is purple and what about w and y haven't they got colours also oh yes of course they have w is red and why is yellow and why did you choose these particular colours for the vowel sounds asked carr there is no why or wherefore and i didn't choose them at all to me a is green and e is blue just as the grass is green and the sky is blue there is no choice or reason in the matter it is simply how they appear to me have other sounds colour to you also yes voices have soprano voices are pale blue or green or yellow or white contraltos are pink or red or violet and tenors are different shades of brown and basses are black or dark green or navy blue anything else yes nearly everything the days of the week for instance have different colours and what are they monday is green and tuesday pink and wednesday blue and thursday brown and friday purple and saturday yellow and sunday white colour is everything to me and everything to me has colour 
carr looked at her thoughtfully yes you are the type of woman who would be sure to love colour why because what is vivid appeals to you more than what is suggestive because what is expressed touches you more than what is understood isabel tossed her head you don't mean that altogether as a compliment perhaps not yet certainly not as the reverse i was merely stating a fact and not drawing any deduction from it either one way or the other i see you were giving me the heads without the application i think i like that sort of sermon best heads or tails i mean heads or applications i say heads and let the applications take care of themselves it is the application that will do you the most good mrs seaton very well then here's for the application and i'll swallow it whole to be well shaken before taken i suppose i'll shake the head and swallow the application and so all parties will be satisfied gabriel smiled but i have just said that there is no application you can't swallow what doesn't exist can't i though i've been swallowing the principles of the extreme radical party for years i'm afraid you are rather disloyal to that section of the liberal party to which your husband belongs remonstrated gabriel isabel's face grew grave i'm not really i was only joking only i see the mistakes into which it is rushing and i want to save it from them and most especially do i want to save paul from making of mistakes and the disappointment which they bring why isabel looked at her companion with surprise that he should have wasted time and breath in asking of so unnecessary a question because i love him and therefore wish to spare him pain pardon me there is no therefore in that sentence pain may be good may be necessary for a person and in that case because you loved him you would not wish to spare him pain but i do i hate paul to be vexed about anything you mustn't spoil him you are his wife not his mother it doesn't do for a wife's affection for her husband to be too maternal it stunts his spiritual growth but a woman must be maternal to somebody and there was that pathetic ring in isabel's voice which always went to paul's heart gabriel heard it and it touched him also i know he answered very gently but not to her husband if she will make a man of him besides it is all the wrong way about the husband is the head of the wife and this is in accordance with god's ordinance but we don't pet our rulers isabel's face grew perplexed then do you mean to say that a woman ought to obey her husband even when she knows better than he does certainly even when she thinks that she knows better than he does gabriel amended the sentence isabel was quick to notice the amendment and to resent it but knowing better isn't merely a matter of opinion pardon me i think not infrequently it is people say if i were so-and-so i should do such and such a thing so they would but that doesn't prove that it would be a better or a wiser thing than what so-and-so is actually doing it would merely be a different thing that is all if i say that i know better than you how to do something it only means that i know better how to do it in my particular way it doesn't follow that my way is any better than yours or even as good isabel was unconvinced 
this was not palatable doctrine to a woman who was as sure of herself as she was but the fact that that doctrine is unpalatable in no way detracts from its salutariness frequently the reverse can't you understand she persisted that if a woman loves her husband she naturally wants to prevent him from making mistakes she can't do that everybody must make mistakes all that she can do is to induce him to make her mistakes instead of his own she won't make him wise she will only substitute her particular brand of folly for his and for the life of me i cannot see any great advantage in that a man would far rather make his own mistakes than anybody else's even than of his wife's his own natural mistakes are in drawing with the rest of his character and assumed ones are not then you think it is a mistake for wives to interfere too much in their husband's public life although isabel might not like gabriel's advice she was sufficiently just to weigh it and to give it full consideration she was always an eminently reasonable woman at least nearly always a very great mistake often a fatal mistake carr spoke strongly he was sore after yesterday's interview with fabia and filled with horror at the mere idea of how she had she been his wife would have used her influence to his soul's undoing our opinions are always tinged by our experience and the more recent the experience the deeper the tinge but you wouldn't object half so much to a husband who tried to stop his wife from making mistakes said isabel shrewdly that is a totally different thing i believe that a woman's place is to look on and cheer and lighten and help rather than to dictate or do the work herself i always think that line of charles kingsley's three wives sat up in the lighthouse tower trimming the lamps as the sun went down conveys a very fair idea of woman's place and duty it is a wife's place to sit up aloft in the lighthouse tower above the sordid cares and struggles of the business world and to trim the lights for her husband so that he may be guided in the right way even though his son be gone down but it is not her place to embark on the high seas of business or politics and try to steer his boat for him mrs seaton tossed her head as she always did when annoyed or indignant it was a favourite gesture of hers well i don't see why it should be all right for a man to dictate to his wife and all wrong for a woman to dictate to her husband i don't see why a woman's advice to her husband should be a treasonable document and a husband's advice to his wife a signed and sealed act of parliament because god ordained it so there is no other reason isabel was silent partly because she did not know exactly what to say and partly because she had not much breath with which to say it as they had reached the steepest part of the hill just below the summit the two walked or rather climbed on for a few minutes without speaking and then they reached the top of the hill and the whole glorious stretch of country at their feet suddenly was revealed to their view 
it was one of those typical english landscapes with green foregrounds and blue distances with near woodlands and distant hills which can never be actually described to any one who has not seen them and which need no description to us who know and love them for to us they spell the magic word home isn't it magnificent exclaimed isabel after they had gazed for a few minutes in awestruck silence it fairly takes away one's breath at least as much of it as the ascent has left it does it is a wonderful view and so thoroughly english and therefore so satisfying isabel continued have you ever noticed that foreign scenery however beautiful and magnificent leaves you with a restless hungry sort of feeling but that a perfect english landscape such as this seems to soak into every little crevice of your soul and make you quite peaceful and content i have i know exactly what you mean it is an older sort of feeling than the other but much more comfortable older sorts of feeling are generally the most comfortable said isabel sagely when you are young you are so anxious to see what is going to happen that you skip the book of daily life in order to get on with the story but as you get older you think more of the style and the characters and the dialogue than of the plot and so you are better able to enjoy and appreciate the work as a whole again the two friends were silent dwelling on the beauty of the scene before them gabriel took off his hat and let the soft breeze cool his forehead and as he did so the misery which fabia had brought upon him faded away like a mist and once more he saw plain but his companion's eyes grew grave and there was a pathetic droop at the corner of her mouth isn't it funny she suddenly remarked that there is always something rather sad about the top of a hill as long as you are climbing you are full of joy and energy and hope but when you get to the top everything changes and you almost wish the hill had been a bit higher so that you might still be on the climb it is the same with everything we envy the people who have arrived and who have attained the summit of their respective ambitions yet if we were wise in our envying and directed it judiciously we should rather envy those who are still swarming up the slopes hill-tops on the whole are rather sorrowful places and isabel sighed a somewhat pessimistic doctrine mrs seaton to be enunciated by one of the most popular and successful women in london said gabriel with a smile nevertheless a true one i think not isabel raised her eyebrows she had a great theory that it was the duty of the clergy to offer ample advice to the laity on all questions moral and spiritual that a clergyman was a specialist in spiritual matters just as a doctor was a specialist in physical ones nevertheless she was always slightly ruffled when the ghostly counsel which she so freely sought did not altogether tally with her own preconceived notions on any subject wherein she was distinctly feminine both in her longing for priestly assistance and her rejection of it when found well anyhow as paul agreed with me she retorted he particularly mentions that he was always pressing forward and had never attained 
she felt that this was a clinching argument and that an alliance between the apostle of the gentiles and mrs seaton formed an authority which few theologians would dare to dispute and surely you'll admit that s paul was a past master in the art of contentment certainly replied gabriel and why was he content because he hadn't reached the top of the hill there was triumph as well as finality in mrs seaton's tone pardon me he had reached the top of a good many hills but he had learnt what you apparently forgot mrs seaton namely that when we have gained the summit of one hill there are always plenty of higher ones still for us to climb oh isabel had not a good answer ready so wisely confined herself to the monosyllable carr continued i understand the feeling to which you refer the sadness of the hilltops but believe me it is an ignoble sadness it either means that we are too easily satisfied with our achievements and have neither the strength nor the courage to persevere or else it means that the hill we have just climbed was not worth the climbing in which case it was a pity that we ever wasted our time and trouble on it at all i see it hadn't occurred to me to look at it in that light isabel spoke slowly she was always ready to see when she was in the wrong although it must be admitted that the sight was not altogether an agreeable one to her s paul had not only mastered the art of content carr went on but he had also mastered as well the art of discontent he knew how to be abased as well as how to abound i believe you are right but somehow that hilltop sadness seemed to me to be rather a beautiful and interesting sort of thing i quite piqued myself on it you would do replied gabriel with a smile sadness is always beautiful and interesting to us as long as we are young and have never met it face to face it was rather young of me i confess you must admit that i was old enough to know better nevertheless you didn't know better mrs seaton isabel as usual was quite ready to laugh at herself i think you may take it as an axiom continued carr that when you feel what you call the sadness of the hilltop the particular hill in question was not worth the climbing it is a pretty fair test the hills that are worth climbing always lead us on to other hills that are still more worth climbing and thus are formed the great world's altar stairs which slope through darkness up to god therefore there is no time for sadness no place for it either yes yes you are right and i was wrong and after all i am rather glad that there is no occasion for that particular sort of sadness though i must admit i have rather enjoyed it at times but all sadness is really horrid underneath however nice and interesting it may appear on the surface isn't it gabriel demurred he was not going to commit himself to so sweeping a statement my husband never suffers from the hilltop sadness continued isabel the moment he has topped one hill he is bounding off to another like a young heart the fact that his hills are not worth the climbing has no effect upon him your husband is still very young i know he is much younger than i am though he was really born a year and a half earlier that has nothing to do with it not it age is a matter of temperament rather than of time everybody is a certain age by nature and the number of years we happen to have dwelt on this planet is merely an incident which is nobody's business but our own nothing will make my husband more than nineteen however long he lives 
while i was thirty-three and a half before i left my cradle you are about five-and-twenty and always will be and wrexham has never gone below eighty-four since he was born and what is our dear mrs gaythorne a good fifty-five with exuberant prejudices keeping off age on the one hand and misplaced convictions staving off youth on the other gabriel could not fail to appreciate this description he knew mrs gaythorne so well isabel went on it is paul's youngness that makes him so ready to scale heights that are not worth the scaling and my oldness that makes me want to hold him back gabriel looked at her thoughtfully this woman always interested him she was so full of contradictions so fresh and so blasé so wise and so thoughtless so gay and so serious all at the same time but in spite of her fascination for him he felt it his duty to administer to her ghostly counsel and reproof and having seen his duty he was not the man to postpone it to a more convenient season i think you are wrong in trying to hold him back he said quietly isabel started she was not accustomed to being reproved or found fault with and she did not like it but she liked it better than not being talked about at all and so she continued the discussion with apparent if not sincere humility why am i wrong he'd make most awful blunders if i didn't so you have remarked before and so i still presume to doubt but even if that is so you have no right to hamper and hinder him why not i should like to know in the first place because you are his wife and so are in subjection to him and are bound to obey and serve him by your own vow and in the second place because his readiness to attempt the ascent of what you consider unscalable mountains shows that he has more faith than you have and so is farther advanced in the spiritual life isabel fairly gasped she had decided to reverence her husband and was fully convinced that she did according to the dictates of holy scripture but her idea of reverence was a combination of indulgent tolerance with restrained superiority it is an idea which obtains among many otherwise excellent wives i shouldn't call it exactly faith she objected why not that is its name said gabriel i see and so you call it by it just as you call a spade a spade and branson's extract of coffee perfection but i should not call it faith as long as it was only applied to political things i should call it faith if it was applied to religious things oh dear oh dear you are every bit as bad as a suburban tradesman i am always trying in vain to convince my very respectable and superior parishioners that there are no such things as religious things all things are religious or else nothing is there is no middle course religion either permeates every thought and act and object of a man's life or else it never really touches anything in it at all i hate the cant which sets a boundary between what is religious and what is secular so called for unless a man's religion touches everything about him and around him and within him that man's religion is vain it was a hard saying but gabriel could be hard at times he was no rose-water sentimentalist 
the world has no idea he went on rapidly of the stupendous power of faith men say that the age of miracles is past but that is not so it is the age of faith which makes miracles possible that is past then do you think that if a man had only faith enough he could scale every mountain scale it why he could say to it be thou removed and cast into the midst of the sea and it would be done i believe there is nothing that a man could not do if only he had enough faith no miracle that he could not perform the present age is not an age of faith it is an age of charity we build infirmaries and we endow hospitals but we no longer lay hands on the sick that they may recover silver and gold we have and we use it on the whole beneficially but we no longer bid a man take up his bed and walk yet this ought we to do and not to leave the other undone do you think that this lack of faith is felt in all the churches asked isabel i do i think that in the present day religion is to the roman a passion to the anglican a principle and to the nonconformist an emotion but i think that to many of them it is not the power of god to salvation both of body and soul that it might be if there were more faith on the earth otherwise we should still have the miracles of the early church and of the middle ages and of the evangelical revival you are quite right the want of faith of the present day is something dreadful it always sickens me to hear people talk as they do of remarkable answers to prayer yet these people would see nothing remarkable at all in an answer to a telegram it seems a queer sort of belief that strains at the faithfulness of god and then swallows without an effort the infallibility of a telegraph boy it does indeed yet it is essentially the belief of the present day and generation the two were walking down the hill again by this time and carr's face was aglow with the enthusiasms that were stirring within him it was in matters spiritual that he was always most at home the secular emotions such as love ambition and the like though not exactly foreign to his nature were not quite in perfect harmony with it but his companion's face was grave she was made of slighter elements than he and it was the more human and personal side of life that touched her most closely gabriel would have made a splendid monk but isabel could never have been anything but fifth-rate as a nun therefore she suddenly harked back to that point in the conversation where carr had turned away from earth and began to soar heavenward you said firstly because i am his wife and therefore am in subjection to him she began what did you mean by that with the quick sympathy and ready adaptability of the man who has been trained for the priesthood gabriel fell in with her mood at once i mean exactly what s peter meant when he first said it he replied neither more nor less likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands it seems quite plain speaking it is the fashion nowadays in this very enlightened age to talk much and not always kindly of the faults and failings of the clergy of those peculiarities which distinguish them as a body from their lay brethren 
but what about the special virtues which are theirs by right of their clerical training and in which the laity are conspicuously lacking the intuition the sympathy the self-repression the self-control which we take as a matter of course in our spiritual pastors but which we frequently seek in vain in the successful tradesman or the man of affairs when the enemy has found occasion to blaspheme and is availing himself of the same it is a favourite gibe of his to discover points of resemblance between clergymen and women and he is right as a rule a clergyman more than any other man has the power of discovering other people's joys and sorrows and throwing himself into them in a way that is popularly supposed to be the prerogative of the weaker sex his very calling trains him to suppress his own wants and wishes in attending to the wants and wishes of his flock just as a woman is trained to suppress her own wants and wishes in attending to the wants and wishes of her family the ordinary male is not so trained as a rule other people do not bother him with their troubles nor does he bother them with his he neither offers sympathy nor demands it he is more like a child than a woman possessing childlike simplicity and straightforwardness rather than feminine subtlety and intuition thanks to gabriel's clerical training he understood pretty well what was passing in his companion's mind as she walked beside him in silence for a few moments he knew that her sound common sense was at war with her husband's idealism and that her womanly wilfulness was at variance with her wifely submission but he meant to tell her the truth when she gave him an opportunity and if she did not give him an opportunity he meant to make one but she did supposing a wife really knows better than her husband she argued and that the grey mare is a twenty-four horsepower motor-car do you think even then she ought to obey and reverence him not a doubt of it my dear mrs seaton of course she should influence him to the utmost of her ability and give him as good advice as she can when he is taking any but she must never forget that by right of his office the husband is the head of the wife even if he is an inferior article certainly as a churchwoman you believe that the unworthiness of the priest in no way interferes with the efficacy of the sacraments as a british citizen you admit that the personal character of a judge in no way affects the validity of his sentences and as a wife you must therefore accept the fact that the faults and failings of a man in no way obviate his prerogative as a husband isabel shrugged her shoulders you hold the doctrine that the king can do no wrong i do and i consider it a very sound doctrine too of course as a man he can do wrong but as a king he cannot because the king and the priest and the judge and the husband are all in their own way and for the time being the ambassadors and representatives of god and in reverencing them we reverence the divine authority which is for the moment vested in them and submit ourselves to every ordinance of man for the lord's sake isabel looked up with a glance of warm approbation how nicely you put things you have such a richly 
decorative mind that you make quite common things seem positively gorgeous do quite common things refer to kings or to husbands asked carr with a smile neither the one nor the other in particular and roughly speaking both but you have a knack of sticking halos on to everything and everybody and somehow transfiguring them i never knew any one like you at the halo business except a few occasional sunsets and certain hymns there are some hymn tunes that have precisely the same effect on me that you have make me feel good and glorified and treading on air i am glad to hear it just now i feel as if i couldn't wait another minute without flying to paul and implicitly obeying him in something that i know to be utterly absurd at the present moment i could die for a lost cause or start a woman's liberal federation without turning a hair i could indeed and all because paul is my husband and you've stuck a halo on to him but i didn't make him your husband you will admit that i may have arranged the halo but it was you who agreed to the wearing of the wedding-ring there was a certain amount of free will in the business after all mrs seaton your king may reign by divine right i believe he does but remember you elected him yourself in the first instance so i did and i'm very glad i did and if there was another election to-morrow he'd still be at the top of the poll which reminds me that we are at the bottom of the hill and i'll run and find him and obey him this very minute and tell him how kind you have been in fastening a bit of string to his halo for fear it should get blown off when things are slightly breezy i must say there is a danger of husbands halos blowing off if they are not properly fastened on but now paul's is secured thanks to you with an elastic band under his chin like a little boy's hat and unless he deliberately takes it off nothing can remove it i have known husbands deliberately take them off said gabriel so have i to some passing lady of their acquaintance and then the wives can't always put them on again but thank heaven paul isn't that sort if ever his halo does tumble off you can be sure it is i who have knocked it off it wouldn't be his fault poor darling certainly it would not so be careful that you never do such a thing mrs seaton isabel laughed good-humouredly not i it is all very well for the sergeant-at-arms to call hats off but if he begins calling halos off i shall protest it would never do for my husband to be without his halo it would be so cold for him and so dark for me and so generally horrid all round End of chapter 10.